0: Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal, to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster.
1: Being confident says what I believe about myself is that I know myself. And I know myself in a manner that is not perfect because I think that being imperfect is actually pretty good. Uh, There's a Japanese pottery that I love. If I look at a piece of that pottery, it's like looking at myself. I'm not perfect. I've broken a few times. I've made mistakes personally and professionally. But what that pottery does is it fixes the cracks with gold. Then the value and the art is in those failures and what you do with them. And so you can choose to fail and and walk away and be broken. What I say is you, you pick it up, you put it back together. And what comes from that is so much more beautiful, and much more authentic than if you just didn't try it all. So I'd rather be a piece of pottery broken and mended with gold than just be something that never got broken at all.
2: Welcome to today's episode featuring Jackie Morales, COO of Security Benefit. I'm your host, Brooke Skinner Ricketts. Jackie's remarkable journey, rooted in humble beginnings and a passion for education, led her to overcome early challenges. Defying norms, she became a vice president without a degree, later choosing education for personal growth and career prospects. Jackie's story underscores the power of authenticity, taking calculated risks and setting clear career goals. Her experiences emphasize the value of creating a supportive environment for others to thrive. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com, where you will find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best ways to get in touch with our special guest. I would love it if you could start by, I know, I know you've had an interesting and unconventional journey, so I'd love to just hear the story the way you tell it and a, a few things that you've learned along the way.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, i am I'm one of those people, I grew up on a farm in central Illinois, so really very humble upbringing. I was one of six kids and neither of my parents graduated from high school. So, you know, living on a farm far away from everyone really didn't get exposed to a lot, but you know what I think if I look back at it now, I think what a great opportunity for, for me to learn some very, very simple values. The other interesting thing about growing up was that none of my family had gone to college. No one had ever moved away. And so For me to have um, the opportunity to do things like get a formal education, uh, go to college, uh, move away from home. It really was a great opportunity for me to spread my wings, but also experience the world in, in a way that the rest of my family hadn't. I left Illinois when I was about 19 years old. I ended up down in Dallas, Texas. I did not go to college straight out of high school as well. I ended up going to school as an adult. So I had my first insurance job. And I was uh, still going to school and ended up going to school um, on nights and on weekends and every summer semester for nine years to get my undergraduate degree. And also ended up working full time to achieve my master's degree. So it's, it was really a great opportunity for me to pursue something that I felt very strongly about, which was education, as well as being able to work in a business that for me is one of the, the most noble businesses that are out there. It, it has such a noble purpose. and And so being able to find my way there, to be able to move and travel with the many companies that I've been with, it's just been and make friends along the way. So my life's journey has been a partnership of the things that I've been interested in a business I've loved and the ability to make friends all over the world. So it's been a lot of fun.
2: Do any lessons stick out or any lessons that you learned early that have guided you or or that you've learned recently that guide you?
1: Yeah, I think the greatest lesson that I think I've learned along the way in my career is be true to yourself and not to be afraid. I think there are many people in this world that those are hard things to do. Sometimes it's hard to stand up and and have a voice that might differ from those around you and to also be willing to take risks and maybe not necessarily succeed. Life is a, is a journey and it's a series of experiences. If you never take a chance, you can't fail, but you also aren't going to grow. And so for me, it's been being willing to take a chance, um, maybe fail, but wow, when you succeed, it's so awesome. And when you fail, you learn the lesson about what you may or may not do the next time that way. Uh, but I do think that one of the most important things that I I've learned along the way is trust yourself. This is your story. This is your journey. And uh, you don't have to be like everybody else. Be your best self.
2: Was there something that happened that taught you that? So it's an interesting
1: story very early in my career. And it was with one of the the early insurance companies that I was with. I I had started working at a company. I'd never been in the insurance industry before. I was doing pretty well. And I got uh, a new boss and my results were great. And she pulled me into her office and she said, love your results love what you're doing. Your people love you, but I don't like your personality. And I don't like the way you dress. And I don't like the way you carry yourself. This was probably 20 or 30 years ago. At that point in time, I was very, very early in my career. Um, I spent about a year modifying myself. And I looked in the mirror one day and I didn't recognize myself and I wasn't happy. And I made a choice to leave that job because I thought if, if my true and authentic self wasn't good enough, and I was unhappy, it didn't matter how successful I was and what I was doing. So it really was in those early days, I realized that if you can't be your, your true and authentic self, um, what ends up is it is a job instead of a career and jobs go slow and careers go fast. I love that.
2: I wonder if you think your experience coming from a smaller town, from a big family, doing college in a different way and grad school in a different way. How has that sharpened your edge or given you a unique perspective that you've that you've leveraged in your work?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that comes out of this is you better be pretty tenacious. Going about it in an unorthodox way, it, it does a couple of things. One, it, you really, really have to be committed to it because taking a traditional model of going from your formal education to a career and building your career out of that it's taking steps it's gradual steps when you're trying to do it all at the same time or trying to make choices. When I, I became a VP at an insurance company at 28 and I did not have my degree at that time. And more than one person said, well, now you don't have to get your degree because you've already gotten the job. And I said, no, that's not true for two reasons. I might want to be employed somewhere else later on, and that might matter to them. And it mattered to me. And so my undergraduate degree, I actually got in art history and humanities, not necessarily the most useful thing in insurance. When I went back and got my master's degree, I said my undergraduate degree was for me uh, and right. my master's degree for, was going to be for everybody I ever worked for. And I got an MBA. I had to make a choice because I could have chosen not to go ahead and complete my formal education, but it was really, really important to me. And I was thinking about where I wanted to be in the future. In a more traditional way where you're going to college and then getting a job, you are making a plan. But when you're doing it in a less orthodox way, you also have a plan. And I think in both situations, setting goals early on, is super important. When I finally stumbled into the insurance industry and realized how much I loved it and what it stood for, I then said, if this is a business I love, it's a people business, it's it's a place where I know I can make a difference. So what do I want from this career? And very early on, I realized I wanted to be a COO of an insurance company. Well, the earlier you know that, the better it is for you to know because then you can start to make decisions and ask yourself, does that move me closer to my goal? Does it not move me closer to my goal? Am I making a conscious choice that's going to be uh, allowing me to grow toward that goal? And also reevaluating that goal because sometimes the goals you set aren't exactly where you end up, where you want to be. And I think reassessing that on Maybe an annual basis or some cadence that makes sense to you can can really be important. I had a management training person once tell me she made a big influence on my life very early. And she said, you, you need to know what you want to do. Because she had been coaching a gentleman that had spent his whole career in a business. And he got to the end of his career. And he said, I've been climbing the ladder my entire life. What I didn't realize is it was leaning against the wrong wall. It's about knowing what you want to do, why you want to do it, and what you're trying to accomplish.
2: In the work that we do, we go through five different seasons. We start with clarity and getting that clarity of not just like what you're good at or what your company wants you to do, but what's your agenda here? What are you trying to accomplish? And then leveraging that as a filter. And it's shocking how many very successful people can't answer that question, right? That was my career story too. I was just, I call it climbing blind. When I got within inches of what I thought was my goal and realized I wanted to do something else. So uh, how incredible that you were able to see that so early and then, you know, have the support to pursue it.
1: And sometimes I think also what people need to understand is building a career isn't always going up a ladder. Sometimes it's going sideways sometimes it's taking a step back sometimes it's taking maybe a job that you thought was going to make move you toward what your goal was and then realizing oh this isn't the right thing for me or it's a good job but not the right job for me at this point in my life and being willing to you know be honest with yourself and those around you and say this isn't where i need to be right now
2: somehow when we walk in the door of our job, we sort of expect that we should know everything. It takes a lot of courage to say I was wrong because nobody wants Mm -hmm. to be wrong. As a broader work culture, we're trying to embrace failing forward. So I think the the fact that when you've had that experience and that you're able, I'm sure you're able to model that for the people around you, it's just so incredibly valuable.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the thing too, is when I work with the people that I I either work directly with or work for me, and I always, I hate to say people work for me because I really work with people. It doesn't, I don't I don't like to think about being a boss to anybody, but what I can do as the leader of a of, of a group is make sure that I praise publicly and if there's a problem, we talk about it privately and give them space and the freedom to make a mistake because we're all gonna make mistakes. And you know what? It's okay. If you make a mistake and you're trying, that's great. It's different from doing something malicious. I'm never gonna tolerate malicious things from anyone. But boy, allow people to make mistakes and be a safe place for them to come. You know, lead people the way you would want to be led. Be the boss you want. I think that's hugely important. And that's what I've tried to do. It Because every business I've ever been at, the business is the business. The reward is in the people. Did you help them grow? Did you help them to become their better selves? Were you the hand they needed either to lift them up or to Give them a little bit of shelter, right? Give them a little bit of protection.
2: Tell me a little bit how you learned about and or leaned into kind of managing your personal brand and your reputation. How was that a piece of the puzzle as you were ascending to to the role where you sit now, which is CEO?
1: Yeah, I think what's really interesting about your personal brand is if if you ask the people who have worked for me, and I've I've been really really fortunate to stay in contact with all of them, they would say she's tough but she's fair. And I, I, you know what, I'm okay with that. And one of the things I've always said about what I bring to an organization is my goal has always been to be known as a servant leader, to always put my priorities last and always think about those of my people and those of my company, what are their priorities and how can I support that? But you know what, I always want to leave a place better than I found it. I always want to be that person who cares about the next generation? And I think what's great about life insurance and, and the companies that I've worked for, you know, I, and I found this great home at Security Benefit where I'm at now, is that this is a business where you can make a decision today that can affect generations. We're in a business that, you know, when people decide to purchase insurance products, it's a long-term relationship we're building with them and being able to make a decision now that might help somebody 20 years from now, it's kind of you know like writing a book. Somebody's gonna read that book later and what an opportunity to uh, collaborate as authors of that. So for me, it is about leaving legacies, helping people along the way, being part of making something better and growing things.
2: Tell me a little bit about confidence and resiliency. So, you know, kind of two sides of the same coin, right? (laughs) Like we go, we go hard at things and then, you know, often they don't go the way that we planned. How have you cultivated that? And how, also, how do you coach that in others?
1: So everybody's always their own worst critic, right? It's taken, and, and I'm not necessarily the best at it still. You're always your own worst critic. You always look at yourself more critically than others. But there is something I would say to people, and I say it to myself, go easy on yourself, give yourself a little bit of grace. You know, if you never try, you never fail. And I I think you have to speak your truths. You know, sometimes that isn't always easy. And sometimes when you speak your truth, you'll look around, and everybody's taking a step backward. And there you're standing by yourself going, Oh, okay, well, there I am standing out there just like that. But I think that's what I tell people be be confident and being confident isn't being arrogant or isn't being cocky. Those are different things. Being confident says what I believe about myself is that I know myself and I know myself in a manner that is not perfect because I think that being imperfect is actually pretty good. One of the things I talked about being resilient is there's a Uh, Kazuki pottery, the Japanese pottery that I love. And I'm a big pottery collector. If I look at a piece of that pottery, it's like looking at myself. I'm not perfect. I've broken a few times. I've made mistakes personally and professionally. But what that pottery does is it, it fixes the cracks with gold. And then the value and the art is in those failures and what you do with them. And so you can choose to fail and walk away and be broken. I, I don't agree. I What I say is you you pick it up, you put it back together. And what comes from that is so much more beautiful and much more authentic than if you just didn't try it all. So I'd rather be a piece of pottery broken and and mended with gold than just be something that never got broken at all.
2: So you're obviously in a position where you've got a lot of responsibility. and One of the things that we find is it's it's hard for a lot of people to take risks or make difficult decisions. So I'd love to just kind of hear how you approach that. Do you have a process? Do you have something that like sort of gets you grounded? How do you do that?
1: I think when it's time to make hard decisions and they can be personal or professional. It's about how you go about that. I make lists. I'm a big list maker. I look at the pros and cons of things. You know, sometimes... When it's time to make a decision, if you think about what's the best or the worst that can happen out of this, what are the positive things that can come out versus what are the negatives? If the positives outweigh the negatives, it might be a good thing to do, right? It's, it is the one thing I took away from MBA school. If the revenue is zero plus a dollar, do it. If it's negative, <laughs> don't do it, right? So, so it's a little bit of that, but it's also about playing out some of the scenarios. You know, I lived through the economic crisis. I was managing almost 500 people through that terrible situation, and making those difficult decisions about what you're doing. That was probably, for me, one of the most important times of my life. I was having to make hard decisions. I was working in an organization that was making uh, hard business decisions and was going to have to cut people. And so making those hard decisions was not only were you trying to make decisions to think about what was going to happen to the business, but you're also making decisions that were impacting people's lives. And how did you help the business through it? How did you help the people through it? How did you help the customers through it? And and making those hard decisions and knowing that those hard decisions had to be made by someone, then how did you help people through that? Also, as I was doing some of that work and then other hard decisions that I've had to make in my life or stand up and do things differently is play out the scenarios. What are the possible outcomes? And think about how you would respond in those moments. And by doing that, it's almost role playing with yourself. You're prepared for the outcomes. And that's what I tell people too, is make the lists. Don't be afraid to make the hard decisions and then play out the scenarios. So you're prepared for what the reaction might be by a person or by the business. If you have to make those hard decisions.
2: We talk about that too, because I think when you lay it out, you also see that off, you often see that things that feel like they're intolerable (laughs) or actually very manageable, right? When you, when you Mm -hmm. see them sort of laid out, there's that fear setting exercise.
1: Well, and I would also say too, and a lot of decisions we make are not life and death. And so you have to be willing to make a decision. And I actually think I always told somebody, one of my superpowers is I am willing to deal with conflict, conflict and making hard decisions kind of go hand in hand a lot of times. And if you're unwilling to deal with conflict or you're unwilling to make a hard decision, you know, those that will are going to and are going to be able to
2: affect change. Do you have daily habits or rituals that um, keep you grounded or have helped you propel forward at the pace you've been going?
1: I do. I am. I'm am one of those morning people, so I'll be the person that's up at four thirty in the morning and go into bed at nine o'clock at night. Uh, so uh, my best time of the day is in the morning, and um, what I end up doing is getting up pretty early. And uh, when I come into the office, I have this big cup of coffee, right? I sit down and um, get on my computer. But what I do with the first few minutes of my day is I look for some kind of motivational feedback. YouTube's great. I love YouTube because I can go out there and I can look for certain things. And, you know, maybe it's a five minute video. I've been, for the last probably six or eight months, I've been, one of my favorite people out there in management perspectives is Simon Cynic.
0: Hmm.
1: And he's got some great videos on YouTube. About leadership and decisioning and managing. and you know, a, and you have to find the person that resonates with you, right? And he resonates with me. And so I sit down and i I do those things, and I think about, you know, how can I apply those to the things that I'm doing? I also do a lot of industry reading. I sign up for a lot of things that I can get online that tell me things about the industry that I'm in or about management or about leadership. And I try to stay in touch with those things that are relevant to my business, relevant to what I think is important around um, being a lifelong learner in the space of leadership and in my industry. And I spend some time focusing on that. And then I look at my calendar and make sure um, that I am making the best use of my day, making sure that uh, a good portion of my day is focused on -on one-on-ones. Because if I'm a leader, my job is to lead I need to help the people who need to do, do that and support them along the way. But I need to be doing more leadership and guidance than I need to be actually doing. Because if I try to do that work, I'm actually taking away the opportunity for that person to learn and grow.
0: What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results in advance take the beyond barriers momentum metric quiz to get a personalized report on the five c's core categories used to measure and accelerate success visit gobeyondbarriers.com quiz to get your report today
2: and then how about balance how do you create balance in your life you clearly work very hard how do you how do you balance the rest of it do you have a
0: class
1: on that anywhere because i'd like to be better at yeah. that it's a yeah, tough one different. isn't it i say the best way is Even though I come in early, I don't stay late necessarily. And when I go home, I try not to take work with me. I love to binge watch uh, detective shows. Uh, I like to read. I have a very interesting situation. My husband and I have been married 14 years and he is my rock, but we don't live in the same city. He's in Miami and I'm in wherever my job is at that time. And so I make that commitment too, that when I'm with him, I'm with him and I focus on us. And it, it's it's gives me a great perspective. When I'm at work, I'm I'm full on, and when I'm not, I'm I'm giving time to him. I also have a great, great, great network of friends, and um, they're all over the world. I have the great opportunity to uh, spend time with them and really enjoy them as well. I have this uh, I have a family that's well rooted um, in the Midwest, and I get to spend time talking to them. I love movies. I love travel. And so anything that kind of moves toward that, I need to spend a little bit more time in fitness as we all do. I love my job so much. It's easy to get so full in. And so sometimes you just got to back up and say, I need to spend a little time reading a good book.
2: Tell me about building strategic and powerful relationships. So one of the interesting things, we, we start what we do with a momentum metric. It's a proprietary metric. And we measure the 26 leading indicators of career momentum. We work primarily with women and most people assume that community is the highest thing that we score on, but it's actually almost always the lowest. And that's because we tend to be surrounded by amazing people who we would do anything for. And we're really hesitant to ask them for help, right? Or ask them to show up for us, right? So I'd love to hear about kind of how you both, how you approach strategic relationships and maybe an example or story about a relationship that's really helped you along the way.
1: Here's what I would say about strategic relationships be real. I have had people try to network with me just to network. And it's got, it's almost got this tinny taste when it's in your mouth, right? You're like, ew, I don't like that. And I know what you're trying to do. And please don't call me again. I've had the really great opportunity. I've worked at a lot of places and I've traveled a bit and I've, I've met a lot of people. And along the way, I think what your network ends up being is you you surround yourself with people that you trust, that you're interested in, and that you respect. And that network thing starts to grow from that. I believe networks are about, they are, networks are relationships and relationships are interesting because they're not always 50-50, right? Sometimes your relationship is, how can I help you? And then that relationship then becomes, how can you help me? There's also something about networking and I'll talk about networking and mentoring together because Sometimes you find a mentor through networking, or sometimes you network with a mentor to find other people. And I think I have a lot of people that I've, I've had in my network uh, for my entire career and others who have passed through, and they've been there at important times in my life. So um, sometimes your network will grow, and then it will shrink, and then it will grow again. But I think it's about working, working towards your network making sure it's an authentic network of people that you really like. Um, Sometimes they're not people from your space. Uh, I encourage people to network outside of their industry because you're going to learn a lot of things from those that are in other places. Um, I network with people who are CEOs and I network with people who are college students one of and as, and as I talked about mentors as well I have a I have a mentor who's a young man who used to work with me at one of the startups I was at. And he gives me as good advice as a former CEO friend of mine who's still in my network. So realizing your network is going to be a mosaic of people and different ages, different career paths, different careers, different industries, and being able to work at it. And I also would tell you what I think is really important about a network is being there for others when they need you. I have spent a significant amount of time over the last few years helping people connect. When COVID hit and people were disrupted, how do you help those people find their next career? I believe in karma. And I think that if you give good karma out there, you get good karma back. And I will help as many people as I can along their career and life journey because I've had the benefit of those that have helped me as well.
2: I I totally agree. We talk about kind of when it comes to networking, being an investor, not a trader, right? That this is not, it's not a transactional thing. And you're you're totally right. I can taste it. I can smell it. I can, you know, you can, you can. It's so
1: gross. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't like it. it.
2: Yeah. And sometimes it just comes from naivete, you know, and sometimes it it's truly transactional. So, I'm I'm with you on that. So, we talked a little bit about men, but mentorship. How about sponsorship? What's your experience been with that? Are you a sponsor or have you had sponsors? What's what's your experience been?
1: I I have and and I think what I always think about with sponsorship Mentoring is somebody who's on the phone with you, talking to you and giving you advice or guidance or letting you cry on their shoulder or whatever it is they need. A sponsor to me is someone who talks about you positively in the room when you're not there, the person who will advocate for you. And I, I think that I've I've had some along the way and I've tried to be a sponsor for people. And I, I really think that People don't understand how difficult that can be sometimes. And I've watched people in the room that had the opportunity to sponsor people and didn't. So I'm always going to be the person or try to be the person who steps in and says, you know, here's one way you can sponsor people. You walk in with something that is a product of a person on your team and the and the people in the room congratulate you on that great work that came out. It is your obligation to make sure that they know, well, thank you, but that was so-and-so on my team that did this. And, and they really stepped forward and, and really did an extraordinary job on this. I'm delivering their message. And that's that's as much sponsorship as anything else. Don't take credit for other people's works. You can say I gave them the time and space to do that. I was, I was collaborative with them, but you know, give people credit for what they do.
2: I know it's a balance because so many times, particularly women are hesitant to take credit for their role. I- completely agree with you that it's really important to sort of assign that credit and sponsor in that way. And also acknowledge what you did as well. Cause yeah. usually as a leader, it wouldn't have happened without you. It's not that you wrote the thing or came up with the idea. Right? And so that I think is that's, that takes a lot of people a long time to adjust to and to really get kind of cozy in, in both places. Well, uh, and also
1: it's, it's being able, it took me a lot of years when people would give me compliments, you'd be like, Oh no, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Take the compliment yeah. because Taking the compliment. Also, there's going to be times when you're going to have to take criticism, take the compliment yeah, and also yeah. don't apologize for stuff. And I'm, I'm still kind of bad at that where I'll say, Oh, I'm sorry or something. Don't apologize.
2: We, we talk about saying thank you for your patience and thank you for your grace <laughs> you know, and just, just leaving it at that. Uh, yeah. And again, you know, it feels awkward at first, but then takes some practice in our conversations. It sounds like you are really in the job that you've been working for working towards. So I'd just love to hear why, what is, what are your days like? And, and tell me about, and you know, I mean, you're, you're sort of at the career goal that you want, but tell me about the impact that you're creating and, and the impact that you're trying to create in the work that you do.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I've worked at uh, several um, insurance companies along the way, some and two startups, two startups, and probably five traditional insurance companies along the way. And you know, it's funny. Steve Jobs said something about you can't connect the dots going forward; you can only connect the dots looking back. And I think my career is a little bit of that as well. Is that I've made a lot of choices and and grown and learned and progressed in my career. And sometimes you wonder what's going to be the outcome of this? And and then I end up with a company like Security Benefit. And I remember saying to my husband, when I decided to take this role, as I said, I've worked my entire career to find a company like this, a company that valued who I was, the authentic person I was. They had created the role of COO. It did not exist before. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'd already been a COO at a couple other companies, but this was the job that took the combination of everything that I had done in my career, traditional insurance carrier, startup, all of these different things that I'd done. And it seemed to come together into a role that was in an industry I loved. People don't know much about Topeka, Kansas. It is a wonderful place. And so I was like, where where have you been all my life? And then I came into a company where you had highly motivated people. So as a leader who doesn't wanna work with highly motivated people. And I had this amazing boss. Uh, uh, My CEO, Doug Wolf is just an amazing individual. He knows his business and he cares about people. And you spend your whole life trying to find a boss that shares your values, that can support you, can let you be free to be your own person. And now what I'm allowed to do is turn around and give that back. Uh, and help this company grow in a way and help the people of this company grow and benefit from all these things that I've done in my life. So I feel like I'm pretty lucky. Every day I get to come in and influence the lives of people, whether it's my coworkers, my customers, my agents, my community. I'm allowed to be on boards and different activities. I'm on an innovation committee in Topeka. So it's just how I, I'm able to give back in a multifaceted way. And security benefits letting me do that. You work your whole life to find the place you belong. And I'm where I belong.
2: Congratulations. Thank <laughs> you. That in of itself and to, to them too, because clearly like they're doing something right to have <laughs> you so confident and, and feeling so good. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to get into the, the lightning round questions, but before I do, is there anything else you want to share? Any stories or or wisdom that, that we didn't cover that you want to make sure that you, that you share?
1: I think that what I'd want people to know is always be willing to be vulnerable, always be willing to learn. I would say one of the things that I learned very early, and it was a very free, you don't have to be perfect. You also don't have to be the smartest person in the room and i think that's something that if you if you don't think you have to be perfect and the smartest person in the room and all of those things and that you are allowed to make mistakes then then you can go into whatever you choose to do personally or professionally with the attitude of this is my life and i'm going to live it to my best and good bad or otherwise these are all experiences that are going to help me grow and become a much more interesting person, I think. And, you know, give yourself the freedom to travel, give yourself the freedom to meet people, allow yourself to have friends, allow yourself to be vulnerable. And I think those are the most important things that that it can share with people, wherever they are early in your career, late in your career, just be as real as you can. And it's going to be a lot easier.
2: So tell me about a book that has greatly influenced you.
1: Well, I kind of alluded to this guy earlier, uh, but Simon Sinek, he wrote a book uh, called Start With Why. And I was working at an insurance company and he came to do public speaking there and I was able to really embrace that. And so if you know why you're doing something, the how and the what become very easy.
2: Do you have a favorite quote or inspiring saying that you?
1: I do. Do the right thing, even when no one else is looking. That's the one thing I would tell people too. Integrity is important. Do the right thing. And if that means you're unpopular, if that means you get in trouble, I'm never going to worry about getting in trouble for doing the
2: right thing. Absolutely. Um, How about a moniker? We say one word, but it's okay if it's more than one.
1: <laughs> I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. She's tough, but she's fair.
2: What is one change that you implemented that has made your life better? I am a big work in progress.
1: I will always be a work in progress, but I think the I, I think giving myself a little grace for giving myself is probably the one thing that I've done that's been the best for me. And the one thing I'd like to work on is getting a little bit more exercise, but then don't always all of us want to do that. so but yeah, I think for me giving myself some grace, allowing myself to be imperfect is the best thing I've done for myself.
2: Great. Okay. Last one. This is my favorite one. Sometimes the hardest. What's your power song? What's your walk-up song?
1: Hey, listen. I'm gonna make sure my people do this when I do public speaking. Is but it's Unstoppable by Sia.
2: Love it. Love it. Yeah, that is that is my power song. I'm so grateful for your time and for your wisdom. Thank you for sharing. And it's so nice to know you. Thanks so much. Thank
1: you so much. And I I appreciate the opportunity. And I just say to everybody out there, take the chance, do the thing, be great.